Hey Church, Pastor Eric here, and I'm just so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I just pray that this message will stir up your faith, build you up, and just move you closer to the Father's heart. If you want to learn more about us as a church or would like to get further connected, you can visit us at our website at oasischurchchicago.com, download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, and also join us on YouTube for our live streams on Sundays and Wednesdays. We hope you find this message to be encouraging and life-giving. Now here's today's message from Pastor JP. A couple weeks ago, Rachel preached on the prayer of adoration. I want to just encourage you, keep adoring the Father as you go into prayer. Make sure that your, your adoration, your thanksgiving is louder than anything else you go to him for. And then we talked about last week, uh, intercessory prayer, and we came into prayer meeting and we prayed, and I feel like our muscle was strengthened. Our spiritual muscle of prayer of intercession as a house was strengthened. And so I encourage you, I don't know uh, what you guys had this week or what you went through this week, but I do believe, and I've heard some reports of just moments of interceding for coworkers, interceding for roommates, and just watching God move in some powerful ways. So I want to encourage you, keep being a person of intercessor, intercession. Amen? We're called to it. It's afforded to us. It's available to us. And so this week, I'm going to talk about a very fun topic of prayer, the prayer of confession. Everyone's like, what is about to happen? The prayer of confession. This is an important prayer for us to talk about. This prayer, this posture of prayer, this, this, this type of prayer of going to the Father, confessing and laying down our stuff. This is essential and needed for the life of a believer. I'm going to be honest with you. We have lost this in the body of Christ. And in return, we have lost what I believe. We've lost some, some significant power in the body of Christ. I'm not condemning anybody. This is in my own life. But, but the prayer of confession, confessing to God and confessing one to another in agreement in prayer, it is a needed thing for us to walk this thing out day in and day out, to continue to detach ourselves from the systems and the structures of this world, to let go of what was and to walk in what he has for us today. I have come today to declare that Jesus Jesus came to give you life. He came to give you life and life to the fullest. It's not a saying that we say. It's not a cliche, the thing that we, we actually believe in, that you can be a person not bound, not gripped, but you can walk in freedom. You can walk in victory. You can walk in the sanctifying grace of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. You can actually walk a life of joy. How many of you need some joy in your system this morning? Some of your faces, you should probably put your hand up. I love y'all. We can walk with joy. Can we just be, can we just come to grips? Like, I feel like we just got to start being believers that actually have some smiles on our faces when we're walking through this thing called life. Guess what? Life's going to happen. It's going to hit us. It's going to hit us fast. But guess what? We have the victory. We have the promise. We have King Jesus alive inside of us. And we do not have to fall to the schemes of darkness. And so prayer of confession opens up our lives and opens up our heart and opens up our minds to the grace of Jesus Christ daily. And some of you, when you hear confession, oh man, your mind goes to some places. You, you, you start to think, oh man, pastor, I, I grew up in this type of tradition or that type of thing. Oh man, I, I, I said something to someone one time and I got burned, I got hurt. I, I, I told someone what I was walking through and they rejected me and they condemned me. Here in this house, there will never be condemnation. There will never be rejection. We believe in the grace of God, though, that will change your life and continue to change you. But this part of it, this idea of confession, when you hear that, some of you already have shut your ears off. 
And I just want to pray right now in the power of the Holy Spirit that your ears would be open, your hearts would be open, your minds would be open to actually understand what the Bible says, what the Word of God says about the power of confession and prayer. So real quick, open up your Bibles to James chapter 5. I'm going to read scripture and then we'll pray. James chapter 5, open them up. And then also book, bookmark that. If you're on your phones, you can't do that. So just stay on James chapter 5 because most of you young, younger people are on your phones right now. Actually, everybody's on their phone right now in this service. Praise the Lord. Anybody bring their physical Bible to church? You guys all get a special token in heaven today. That's a, I don't know if that's true or not, but just take it and receive it. First uh, John then chap, chapter 1. First John chapter 1, we're going to go there next. I want to just say this at the forefront. Scripture interprets Scripture. If you don't understand something in the scriptures, the scripture will speak for itself. The scripture will support one, each other. It's just the word of God because it's living, it's active, it's breathing. This is how God has created this for us. And so scripture will speak to scripture. And so when I came to Christ, um, I, I, I didn't quite understand the power of confession. I thought it was kind of like just weird. I thought it was just like for the sake of like accountability circles and everyone just went in there and told their junk and then just walked out and lived the same way, right? You with, anybody else with me? Like I wasn't sure of like what this actually meant. And these two passages of scripture were handed to me and given to me. And as I read them both in that moment, it ministered to me. And I believe it's gonna do the same for us today to give us a clear understanding of what it means to walk in prayer of confession. So James chapter five, verse 16 says this, therefore confess. See, I, I didn't write this word. This has been in here from the beginning. Okay. This is New Testament, by the way, for all you people. Like, this is, new, this, is this New Testament? This is New Testament. It's not old. It's new. Very like new, new, like later on in the new. Therefore, confess your sins <laughs> to each other and pray for each other. I love that. Confess, pray. For each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful. Everyone say powerful and effective. Everyone say effective. First John 1, verse 9. Go ahead and get there on your phones. First John 1, verse 9. Highlight this. If we confess our sins, once again, the word confess. If we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Come on, anybody thankful for Jesus? Every hand that loves Jesus should just put their hand. Just give them, give them a wave of thanksgiving. How many of you remember old school church? Just give them a wave of thanksgiving. <laughs> if we confess our sins, he is faithful. How many of you believe and are thankful that Jesus is faithful, not based on what we do, but by his own faithfulness? And just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Powerful passages of Scripture that I believe are going to align us. They're going to bring us deeper into the Father's heart. So right now, Holy Spirit, yeah, as we've already begun to talk, there's already walls up. And I just ask, Holy Spirit, in your kindness, that walls will come down. That where there's been ugliness and a distorted view of the power of coming before you, laying our lives at your feet daily, where there's been just the wrong perception of it, would you heal it right now? Would you heal it over these moments? Would you help us to be people that come out of hiding and walk in victory every single day? So Holy Spirit, this is 
time for you to speak. And so help me to articulate it. But would you just speak to the deepest parts of our hearts in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. Many of us this morning, when you hear that idea, that word of confession, we have a number of different things, images that run through our mind. I know for me, certainly that's the case, depending on where you've come from, whether you were raised in church or this is newer to you. We all have a sense of what confession will feel like and what it looks like. We, we have this idea that confession means that we're going to say something and we're going to be put into the disciplinary room, into the, to the place of condemnation and guilt. We have this idea that if we actually confess what's in our lives, we're going to be condemned. I, I know this to be true, that even growing up, like, like knowing this idea and this concept of having to go to my parents and confess, it was never the case. I, I was often caught <laughs> and not confessed. Right? I remember a time that, that, that I got my license, I was 16, and called my buddies up and said, hey, we're, we're going out, I got, I got the car, we can go to this restaurant, we can go eat, and I'll just say this, this restaurant wasn't an establishment that I would go to today, uh, but I went to this restaurant and establishment, but I told my parents another restaurant. I said, mom and dad, I'm going to this place to eat, it's going to be awesome, I'll see you in a couple hours, and they said, be back at this time, and, and I went, we ate, and we, we left, and we got back to my buddy's house, and I was in the driveway, and I was talking with them, and it got a little late, and my dad was calling me a couple times, but I didn't answer, and I dropped him off, and as he left the car, my dad called him. How many of you are thankful for friends that just throw you under the bus? Nobody's hands go up. Dad said, hey, how was, how was dinner? My, brother, my buddy said, it was great. He said, what'd you eat? And he said what was on that menu and definitely not on the menu that I told him I was going to. My dad said, oh, where were you? And he, guys, uh, we're here. And my dad said, thank you, bless you, like, have a good night. <laughs> but the whole time, you know, like, I know what I was doing was not right. And I walk into the house. And my mom and dad are sitting on the couch watching uh, the news, as they always do, or like whatever was on late night TV at that time. And, and they sit there and they do one of these. You, if you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. You just turn the TV off and set the controller down. <laughs> mom, you know what I'm talking about? Like, they're like, how was dinner? And I was like, oh, it was, it was amazing. It was great. They're like, what'd you eat? I said, oh, I had some soup and some salad and some breadsticks. And they said, oh, really? How, what'd you have for your main course? And I said, lasagna. And they said, oh, you didn't, you didn't have this or this? And I said, no. You know when you're caught, you just keep going? You're like, stop, stop, stop. But you just keep speaking, speaking, speaking. My dad said, oh, I talked to your buddy. And I said, for the love of the Lord. I said, come on, give it to me. I was caught. I was grounded for like 14,000 days. I was, the car was taken from me. I was caught. And I say that to say, like, there was a moment in my life that I was like, man, if, if I confess what actually I did, like, like if I actually walked in the house and my parents said, how was dinner? And I actually told them what happened. I wonder how the outcome would have been different. There is a difference between getting caught and confession. There's healing for both. Hear me. I've walked through seasons of life where people that have been caught, that have made some really uh, terrible decisions, hard decisions, and then they've been redeemed and they've been restored. But, but there's, there's a gracing on our lives when we confess. There's a gracing in our lives and for our lives when we actually bring to surface the stuff that we know is, is not in accordance to God's word and God's plans for our lives. Can I say it that way? And in this generation, in this moment, in this cultural moment, this literally fights against every part of our being today. This fights with every cultural norm and cultural truth today. So this is not a fun message to preach, but this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We serve a God that actually radically loves us. 
Let me give you some of our theology. We have a massive theology about God's love. How many of you know that's good? Every hand should go up. Are anybody thankful that God loves you? Amen. We, we believe that, that, that God has always loved. He's been loved. He is, uh, he is love. Even throughout the pursuit of people of, of the Old Testament, he was a God that was calling people to his heart. It didn't change. It's never changed. Jesus came to show the kingdom and show that the kingdom is one of life and one of hope and one of freedom. This is the heart of God that Jesus gave an example of. Guys, I don't know about you. This gets me fired up. It's not the, this cliche thing. It's not some verbiage. It's the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that in Jesus, we get to live with hope. We get to live with peace. We get to live with all the grace and the mercy. How many thankful that Jesus's mercy is new every single day? I think so, Pastor. The mercy is new every day. That's the gospel. That God has calling us. God is calling us. And God is saying, hey, let go of what is dead and begin to walk in the life that I would have for you, that, I've, that he's always desired for you. And the prayer of confession helps our lives and our hearts stay in alignment with him. I believe this to be true. One moment in God's presence, we, know, we sing about it. We have a song about it. I don't mean, that's not a plug, but it's just, it's such a powerful song. Like we literally sang that a bunch over the time of quarantine, that one moment in God's presence can change everything in your life. You could take 10,000 steps away from God. And the one time you turn around and turn to him, he's right there. That's a good word, Pastor. Thank the Lord for that. You don't have to take 10,000 steps back to him. Isn't that encouraging, Brother Bart, this morning? You don't have to try to run and work your way back. You don't have to try. One turn, and he's right there. This is the gospel of Jesus. And this, this should cause us not to take grace and take advantage of it. Hear me, church. We've really cheapened grace. Okay, I'm, I'm going to come, come in a little deeper. Is this all right? We've dismissed prayer of confession because we've, we've, ex, we've taken grace and elevated and made it something that, that, that grace really isn't. Grace saved your life. You cannot save your own life. You'll never be able to save your own life. You'll never be able to redeem your life. That's the grace of God. But what the grace of God should do in your life is make you better every single day, draw you closer to the Father's heart every single day. It does, it, Paul writes, like, I, 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 I don't just keep sinning. I don't just keep doing the things I used to do because I got grace. No, that's foolishness. The grace of God, when you know the love and the radical, and if you're not, if you're in this journey, we're glad you're here. We're going to pray that you continue to go on this journey of knowing the grace of God. But when you know the grace of God, you don't cheapen the grace of God. You actually come under the covering and the grace of God. And so when you do stumble, when you do fall, you get right back into the mercy seat of God and you say, Father, forgive me. I've made this mistake and I'm running after you. I'm not going to keep doing what I don't want to do. I'm not going to keep living where I used to live. I'm going to walk in accordance with where you're called. I just want to say this to somebody, and I know we're, I'm going to get to my points. I promise I'm going to get to scripture. I'm going to get there, guys. Don't worry. Literally, there's an image right now I have in my head, and I've had this before at times, but this is here so clear right now. So I'm going to, I don't do this often, but one of you, some of you, maybe, maybe a lot of us, we literally are looking at the grave where our dead bodies went when we came to Jesus, and you have a shovel in your hand. And you're literally going over to the grave right now with the shovel and you're starting to dig. 
You're starting to literally dig up that dead self, that old self, that way that you used to feel, oh man, everybody accepted me. Everybody loved me. I, was, I had a ton of friends. Can I be honest with you? They probably weren't your friends. They didn't care jack. <laughs> if they haven't called you in a year, they don't care about you. Can we just put the shovel down today? Stop digging up the old dead self. The grace of God actually has called you to life, a new life, and a hope-filled life, and a grace-filled life. And confession keeps that dead person in the grave. Can I say that today? This is the power of the gospel that when I confess where I have failed, when I confess when I have stumbled, the dead person stays in that grave six feet under, not getting back up. Old JP, it is dead. And the grace of Jesus Christ, the true grace of Jesus Christ, calls me to who he would have for me to be. Okay, guys, so I know, listen, when, when you hear confession, you go to one of two camps. This is traditionally what confession has been about, right? There, there's one side of the pendulum that is, is really not at all a true confession, and that is like this idea of, of making confession a commodity. I'll say it that way. Where we see anybody watch movies and you see the movies where someone does something wrong and they go to someone and they go to the priest and they, they pay the money and they confess their sins and they walk out and they keep doing the same thing. This idea that, that, that we, we confess to somebody just to get it off of our conscience. That, that we actually pay for the fact of this, is, this has been history. And so this idea of like paying someone to be forgiven, can I say you, the payment was paid on the cross. You don't have to pay anybody to get free. That's a good word, Pastor. Thank you for that. Amen. Bless you all. That's an extra one for you. We've had this idea that we got to pay to get free. We've had this idea across church history where you pay and you confess to get freedom. That's a distorted view. That's why evil, you got to be careful what you watch. We see movies like that all the time, and it's become this idea that confession is a joke. Right? It's a joke. Hollywood's made it a joke. They distorted it. The church has made it this idea that it's not. And so you have that one side of the coin. The other side happens more in our culture and day and age today more than ever. Specifically, I love the church. I'm a big capital C guy. Love the church. Believe in the church. Hope for the church. Believe God's great. God is doing something in the church. Yeah, guys, I get on a call every, about every other Monday with pastors from all across the globe. And what God is doing in the global church is insane. Stay hope-filled, hope-filled, stay like ready and prepared because God is doing something. But, but, but we've swung the pendulum over here that I'm not going to go to somebody. I'm not going to confess my stuff to somebody because it didn't work. It was this idea of my, like, oh, so it's just me and Jesus. This side, the pendulum swung the whole other way. I'm not telling anybody anything. I, I got Jesus. I love Jesus. It's just, I'm dating Jesus. So I tell Jesus everything. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm doing this. It just took over. <laughs> and we've made this faith thing all about you. You know, when the church started, the bride of Jesus Christ, not a single person in that room, I believe, was about themselves. It wasn't them. and It was them together pursuing Jesus. And what's happened, the reason why we've swung the pendulum so long is what I said earlier is we've told people some things in our lives and we've been hurt back by the response. We, we've confessed some stuff and instead of people looking with the eyes of Jesus, they've looked through their own pain and circumstances and spoken words and 
So we've said, man, I'm never going to do that again. Why would I ever? I, 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 fully, I get that. I understand that. I, I've been there. So instead, we've said, we'll just keep it in. We'll keep it isolated. We'll keep it under wrap because Jesus will heal me. Jesus will take care of me. Well, Jesus tells us in James and John, quite opposite. So we're not going to be a church that sits here and tells you, just live life on your own, pursue your own thing. Do you need to get to me, the pastor? Absolutely not. Hear me? But we believe that we're a body, that we're not going to be here, we're not going to be there, we're going to be right here. Well, we're going to actually believe what the word says, that there is healing, there is power, there's deliverance. When we come to our brothers and sisters and we say, hey, this is what I'm walking through. This is what I'm dealing with. I can't tell you guys how many times I've called Jordan, Pastor Jordan, and been like, bro, I've lost it. <laughs> the rails have come off. Okay, let me, let me say it the way that I probably should say it to you guys, because this is how I talk. Jordan, like, I've really, I've really misstepped with Ray. I've, I've, I've raised my voice and I lost my cool. Like, man. You know what it does? We pray with one another. You know what happens? I hang up the phone and I lose my will to Jesus's will. And I walk to my wife and I tell her, babe, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. Why you married me? It's the tangible grace of God. I have no idea, but I'm thankful. If I kept it in, I'd look at my wife as like, how dare her? How dare her? How dare her? And some of you are harboring so much stuff in your heart that you're looking at everybody else and you're playing the victim card. Instead of what if you just confessed what you're actually feeling and experiencing and been experienced, what would happen to breakthrough in your life? That's a real word. And that's a hard word, but that's the truth. We want to be a church that walks in the grace of God. And hear me. In this house, we will do our best to make sure people do not condemn in this house. Okay, hear me. But the power of confession is needed and it's necessary. And these verses talk about this real quick. So can I just give you three truths to help you walk out this place today? That when you go into this week and as you go to your old group, but even if, if you don't go, this should be a daily practice. You know when I recommend doing it? Morning, mid, and evening. <laughs> I used to only do it in the morning. I wouldn't even know, like, the day I would, I would be doing some stuff. <laughs> no, okay. Morning, mid, and evening. And these three truths, I hope, will spur you to be a person that says these things out loud, that goes to a brother and sister. And they are this. First and foremost, when we confess our sins, confession brings liberating healing. Anybody thankful that Jesus healed us? Anybody thankful? Every hand should go up. Every hand should go up. Anybody thankful that Jesus healed you? You know what you deserve? The grave. You know what he's given you? Heaven. What he gives us today? Healing too. Liberating healing. Healing. James says this when you confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. First John talks about being cleansed. So if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It is a healing power that comes over our lives. Listen, you were healed from the grave when you said yes to Jesus. When you confess with your mouth and you believed in your heart, that's access. You are adopted into the kingdom. Hear me. You, you clear? 
You're healed. You're in the kingdom. But he doesn't want you just to be healed and in the kingdom. He wants you to now co-labor with him and walk this thing out as a son and daughter so you're an example to everybody else around you. That's what this whole thing is about. That's why it breaks the whole thing about me, myself, and I. It's about everybody else around us. And so confession allows for our lives to be healed. Confession allows for our hearts to be healed. Confession allows for our minds to be healed. There are so many distorted mindsets today, so many things that are attacking our minds, so much information. Like our attention span is trash now. It's hard for me to even sit in meetings with some people because I talk to them for two minutes and they're already like, I'm like, what's wrong? Where's it where we can't even pay attention because we're downloading so much information into our heads, guys. I love my phone. I'm not mad about it. I'm not going to throw it across the room and break it. Like, But the power of confession brings healing to our minds that have been wandering to places God never called us to take our minds to. Guys, I was broken of that a couple weeks ago. I had a, I had a, we had a friend here, and they prayed over me, and they said, I just pray against the breaking of where JP's taken his mind, where God never called him to go. I had no idea that's what I was doing. But me just being prayed over and confessing it, oh man, I, there, there were places that my mind was trailing off to that God never told me to go that way. And in one moment, man, I was like, oh snap, I'm right back on track with God. Liberating healing for the day. Liberating power for the day. See, what happens is when we confess, we, we allow for the healing grace, the sanctifying grace of Jesus Christ to come into our lives. He wants to heal the trauma that you've walked through. He wants to heal that wound that is wide open and you keep covering it by your own merit and by your own right. Like, he wants to actually heal that wound. He wants to heal the, the mind that has been so dark and so plagued that, that really, like, like Scripture talks about, we're in a day and age where, where good is bad and bad is good. Hello, church. Wake up, young people. Generation. We are in a, a moment where what is bad is now good and what is good is... Instead of going, Holy Spirit... What does your word say? Holy Spirit, what do you have to say to me? Holy Spirit, actually, I, I, I have messed up and I've allowed for some people to speak into my life. I've, I've received some words that, that aren't of your kingdom and I'm giving it to you. Healing. Healing. I, I love this, that, 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 that it says that we would be healed. I know this is going to be a hard statement, but I'm going to say it. Sin will rot you from the inside out. I've watched a lot of people with the outside being so good, look good, feel good, eat right, stay healthy. And one day I find them just destroyed. And can I tell you something? It wasn't that they woke up and over the course of one night, they chose to go down a path. What happens in our lives if we don't confess, if we don't bring the light, if we don't offer the healing power of God, we start making little decisions day by day, day by day. Day by day, day by day, and we find ourselves, and this is not to condemn. This is, a, this is an calling up to us, calling out to us right now to say, say they're just little, and to the day where they fall. It says the prayers of a righteous man will heal you. Confession will cleanse you. It'll keep you from going down and looking back over the course of your life being like, how did I get here? How did, I, how did this happen so, how did... By saying, Holy Spirit, reveal this stuff. Search me, oh God. 
How many have made that a prayer of your life daily? Bless you, because it's hard. <laughs> Search me, oh God. Well, Jay, I got some stuff for you. Well, I didn't mean it today. But you know what? I've come to grips with stop fighting God on his healing power because it's way better to live with him than to live in anywhere else. Healing. Healing. Confession brings healing. You have an offense towards your spouse? Tell him. Pray and tell him. My wife tells couples all the time when we counsel them and speak to them when they're about to get married or even post. She says something, and the first time she said it, I, I was like, holy cow, where did that come from? Like, that's the best thing I've ever heard. Why am I doing this? <laughs> she said, if you have an offense towards your spouse and you haven't prayed for them or, or gone to father with them, don't bring it to your spouse. I said, what? She said, because one of two things will happen. You'll realize the stuff in you and you'll confess it, or the Holy Spirit will give you words of life to go speak it and call it. You know sharpening? You know what happens when you sharpen one another? It's hard. It sharpens you. It's hard. Dull things can't sharpen something. You got to be sharp to sharpen one another. And when we come to one another and we say, this is what's been going on in me, and I need, I need someone to pray for me, I need someone to stand in agreement for this, God's word stands true. You will be cleansed and healed. There's healing available to us in Jesus' name. The second thing that we, we see here is that confession releases sanctifying grace. Like I said, you've been saved and set free. That's the, the saving grace. But there's a thing called sanctification. That's an old church word, an old theological word. We say it in family formations. We use the word freedom. That means sanctification in this house. There's, there's, there's freedom grace available to you each and every day. How many of you are thankful that like every day you got grace available to you, sanctifying work happening inside of your heart? First John says, confess and you'll be cleansed. James says, you will be healed. The grace of God is what cleanses us and heals us. Do you know how that we receive grace daily in our lives? We lose the pride of self. God's word says he opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Now, pride's an interesting thing. I could preach a whole sermon and probably a series because <laughs> it comes in all forms and fashions. It, it manifests itself in all different ways. And pride is a thing that the Holy Spirit will speak to and people around you can speak to if you allow them to. But God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. When it comes to confession, what will keep you from confessing is your pride, is your self-preservation. Your self-preservation of, I gotta, if I say this thing, my whole world's going to be turned upside down. If I actually confess this thing, things might be a little bit harder for me in time. But the reality is, is when you confess it, there's sanctifying grace that walks in it. I've watched people's lives get expedited in processes the moment that they confess what they're walking in. I've literally, before my eyes, before Rachel and I's own eyes, we've, we've watched as people have come to us and said, this is what I've been going through. And we've been going, we go, yep. And we pray for them and we release grace upon them from the spirit of God. And they leave that place. And what their process would have been if they would have stayed in it is completely different. It's expedited because God will not oppose a humble heart. He invites it. He actually encourages it. He wants a humble spirit to come to him and say, God, like, I'm messed up. Anybody ever said that to God? No, just your pastor. Bless you. Like, I, I'm messed up. 
I'm not hitting the mark. I'm actually losing in this thing right now. Like I'm actually failing a lot more than I'm succeeding in it. It's because I'm trying to do this on my own. And God, would you just be gracious to just restore, heal, help. The sanctifying grace of Jesus Christ comes immediately and cleanses me and heals me. I had a moment when I got saved. Forgive me for the personal story. I'm almost done. I know it's getting a little late. You guys doing all right? Because, see, what we conceal, what we don't confess, we conceal. And so I got saved at 22. You guys, most of you know my story. And um, I could drink with the best of them. I'll say that. Alcohol was my trap. And um, I got saved. And the Lord, I remember in the night that I said yes to Jesus. He said, Jay, you drink because you're lonely. Your loneliness is covered now by me. But how many of you know this is a this is a journey. And so I had a stretch. I had a long stretch with no alcohol, like didn't, didn't touch it, didn't go near it. I, I actually lost what like I said to you guys earlier. I lost friends. I would have got a call about a party that next day after I got saved. And they said, come on over to the house. And I said, yeah. <laughs> I went, yeah. Oh, man. I was in this man's wedding. Chewed me out, cursed me out. We didn't talk for two years. Talk about wanting to go back to that dead self. Can I be wrong? So, so I had this stretch of just like, that's, that's something I can't touch. It's, it's filling a void in me that only Jesus can. But I had a moment, about a month or two in, where I found myself lonely again. And I ran to alcohol instead of the king. And I came in the next day to work. I was graduated. I, I was working. So maybe it's a couple months after I got saved. And uh, one of my spiritual fathers, he's, he's a man, Morris, Pastor Morris, you guys, most of you know him. I went and had a cup of coffee because I needed coffee. Um, but I was sipping coffee, and he looked at me in the face. He said, what's up with you? I said, just here for a great day, guys. We're just going to be a great day, Will Morris. We're here to work. And he said, what's going on? See, because here's the reality of the church. You need people. You, you need people to actually call you. Don't be mad when someone comes up to you and says, hey, the Lord is pressing this on my heart for you. It's not because they're greater than or better than. They're actually calling you to freedom. They're joining you with the kingdom. And so, so he said, what's, what's going on? Forgive me for the story once again, but I said, nothing, man. I'm good. Like, what's going on? He said, Jay, you want to try again? I said, yeah, man. I, I went up, picked up this, and sat in my car and drank it. And I was waiting for the, how dare you? And he pushed his chair back. He walked around. He said, put your head down. I was like, you're going to hit me without me seeing you. <laughs> like, maybe I just know I won't have a distorted view of how you look when you hit me across the head. Put his hand on my head. He said, Jay, confess what you did. Lord, like I got, I got drunk. Like I'm, this isn't what I want. This isn't my life. And he began to pray, and he said, "God, we break." See, see, let me say this. I had to be specific. Confession has to be specific because it breaks agreement with the God of that thing. 
the God of alcohol was all over me. And I said, I break agreement with this God and with this wickedness. No more said, I stand in agreement with this, oh God. And he prayed over me. And he asked, he said, may the sanctifying grace of Jesus Christ fill JP's body, fill his lungs, fill his heart, fill his mind. We had a prayer meeting at 830 in the morning. I got up. I was embraced. I walked out like there was 10,000 pounds off my chest. Like the shoulders, the, the, the things that I've been carrying all night. Because you know what sin, sin will just bog you down. But the moment I said it, confession before a brother, and we took it to the throne room of grace, came off of me. And the same thing is true today. I can't tell you how many times I have to send voice memos or how many times I got to pick up the phone and I talk to him more. So we say this stuff and it's like, I get to walk in freedom every single day because the sanctifying grace of Jesus Christ brings us freedom, guys. And Satan would love to keep you isolated. He would love to keep you in the dark. He would love to keep you trapped. Don't tell anybody. Stay. This is what, in essence, I, COVID was terrible. It's, been, it's a thing. But like we were trapped. Addictions are through the roof right now because people have been so isolated. Mental illness and depression and anxiety is through the roof because people have been so isolated. And Satan is sitting here going, I've won. I'm here today to tell you and to remind him he hasn't won. He'll never win. He's actually been defeated. The grave has won. Jesus has won. And so the sanctifying grace of Jesus Christ is actually available to every single one of us. You know how you continue to walk in the sanctifying grace? Continual confession. It happened there for me. I've walked through life with brothers and sisters and brothers specifically came to me and said, I, I have this addiction and I don't know what to do. He was a godly man. He loved the Lord. Well, pastor, how does that work? James writes about it. He's writing to believers. Confess. So this brother came and I, I began to, to minister and I just sensed the Lord say, hey, just tell him to continue to confess. When this thing comes up, continue to call and reach out and just pray with them the moment it happens. And so that's what I did. I, I was a young pastor. I just said, all right, every time you feel like this is coming, every time you fall to this, call me. And we did. And we walked through life day in and day out. It was a year. <laughs> and one day, call it a mystery. Call it surrender. Just, it, it's the power of God. He called and said, I'm broken of it. It has been off my life, and I can stand here confidently today and say that that brother has never gone back to that life. He has not gone back to it. He has not touched it, and I'm here to say it's because of daily confession or times of going, I got a brother and sister, and I got the power of the king to go and say, this is where Satan is trying to trap me. Speaking and saying, I'm not going to stay trapped. I'm a child of the king. Is this okay, church? Grace. Pastor Jordan, welcome. This is why we need this prayer. Some, some, it's been such a long journey of the same thing over and over and over and over. And you keep saying the same prayer. But I wonder if today's the day where you actually will confess it to a brother under the covering of God and you will be free. Sanctifying grace. And the last thing is this, because we need this. Confession reinstates power. How many of you want to walk a life of power? How many of you know the kingdom of God is not one of talk, but of power? It's okay. You can slip your hand up if you want the power of the Holy Spirit. Every person should. Some people. Not like authority, not to dictate. The power to walk in the abundant life. 
And, and confession allows for the power of the Holy Spirit to take root in our hearts and to walk this thing out day in and day out. Hey, watch this. Watch Scripture interpret one another and build on top of one another. Excuse me. Forgive me. For, James 5. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you will be healed. Sanctifying grace. The prayer, catch this, of a righteous person is powerful and effective. How many of you want a prayer life that is powerful, dynamic, that like you actually see transformation and things happen, that when you begin to pray, heaven wakes up and goes, oh yeah, I'm going to work with that one. That one is calling upon the name above every name and it's walking in power. Like that's the prayer life I want for you people. I don't want to stale. God doesn't want to stale communion prayer time with you. He doesn't want to, he actually wants a dynamic, powerful prayer life. And it says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective, effective. And then 1 John 1, 9 says this, therefore confess, oh sorry, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. James says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. John says when you confess your sins, you're cleansed from all unrighteousness. What allows for us to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, presenting our unrighteousness to the Father, taking on his righteousness, and then walking this thing out in the power of Jesus Christ? You want power? You want to wake up every single day and stop getting caught in the same trap and the same wheel? Confess what you are living in. And watch as Jesus Christ pours out mercy, pours out grace, and showers you with his righteousness. Not a righteousness of your own, but of him. And watch as you walk in this life with power and grace and joy and peace. Watch as you begin to pray, as mountains begin to move. Watch as you begin to pray that, that, that people that you know that don't know Jesus come to know Jesus. Watch as you begin to pray as your marriage gets restored, as the business gets restored, as your dreams and your visions that God's placed in your heart get restored. Because the prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. And righteousness comes through Jesus Christ. And us saying, Father, I've missed it. The best thing about Jesus, he knows. <laughs> he already knows. <laughs> he knows the stuff you're trapped in. He knows the things that you're wrestling with. And even in his knowing, he doesn't spite. He doesn't condemn. He calls. He calls. I want revival in this city. I want revival in this nation. I want revival before Jesus returns because he's coming. I can't wait for that day. It's going to be all We're going to have heaven on earth for real, for real. This is going to be awesome. But I want to see souls that are so far from him come to know him. You know, every revival, and I use that term loosely because I think we think revival sometimes is a really good church service. Revival is when we start to see souls transformed and, and actually cities change from the inside out. You know, every good revival that has been a part of history happened when personal confession started to become a daily thing. You read through the course of the history of the church. You can't get away from the idea that there was daily confession. There was the power of, of repentance. There was the power of saying, God, I'm sorry. And God, hey, I'm doing this. And God, hey, I'm trapped in this. And hey, God, I'm, I've, I've had this. My, God. Revival sparks when we start going. We're a body of believers connected to the source, connecting others to the source, a part of a life-giving waters of Jesus Christ. And we get to do this thing together. No matter what you're walking through, no matter what you're going through, no matter what's happening, we get to do this thing together. We want revival. 
we actually want to stop seeing wickedness and evil and, and just the city being plagued? It starts with us. It starts with me. And so right now, every head bowed, every eye closed. The Holy Spirit's been speaking all morning. And I'm grateful for that. You know exactly what you've been holding on to, what you've been caught in. And right now, the Holy Spirit's saying, release it. Release it. And so right now, the worship team's just going to begin to sing behind us. But I want you to just audibly speak out what has been going on, what you have been battling. Who cares if people next to you, once again, we're the body, but just speak it out. Just to say, Father, forgive me. I've been, I've been stuck in this. I've been doing this. I've been living in this. I have been, had this mindset. The worship team will sing behind us so that you guys can just begin to pray out loud, begin to audibly confess it. Just begin to say, Father, I receive. It's an exchange. It's a great exchange. It's the exchange of the kingdom, giving him and receiving from him, giving it to him, receiving it from him. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus.